he, he learned to speak a language of the heart and of the emotion. And he and I spent many hours together talking about my heart and why was I scared of him and why did he try to make me afraid of him? And we discovered and uncovered all these dysfunctions that we were walking in. But what happened is we got in the heart. We started talking about the emotion and our fears. Well, after about four years, some, some other things happened. I don't really know exactly what all transitioned in his mind, and I'm not going to project what my opinions are. But I can tell you that all of a sudden, um, he went back to not being nice. And he would say things like, um, well, just think if you applied yourself. And I was running a very successful business. My first year in business, I made $198,000. My first month to bring in double digits, he said, just one of my checks was $15,000. One. And I did anywhere from one to seven loans in a month. Sometimes I did 15 loans in a month. And one of them brought $15,000. And he said, just imagine if you applied yourself. I'm thinking, buddy, do you have any idea what you just said to me? Now, my, my mindset for my job was this. If I could just make enough money that I can be a stay-at-home mom and minister, that's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to be the one that woke my husband up in the morning. I wanted to be the one that fixed his coffee. I wanted to fix his lunch. I wanted to kiss him by at the door and drop my kids off at school and pick my kids up. That was my goal, and that was the kind of blessing that God put on my business. But then I, all of a sudden, my husband wasn't talking kind to me anymore, nor was he blessing me or any of that. But everywhere I would go, other people would say all this nice stuff to my heart. Well, guess what? If you're full, you don't really eat out of a dumpster or drink out of a ditch now, do you? But start starving for emotional affection. And guess what you'll do? You'll drink out of a ditch. And you'll eat moldy bread out of a dumpster. So we're going to talk about that for a minute. In the Bible it says, husbands, no, wives, give the affection due your husband. And likewise, this would be wives. That's why that word wives is in there. And likewise, husbands, the affection due your wife. Now, men, pay attention. Women, you already know this. To a woman... Sex is emotion. That's what intimacy is to us. You can't get to there without going through here unless this has been cut off. If it's been wounded enough and it becomes numb, then you can get to there through wherever. Manipulation, control, it's the right thing to do, you're supposed to, you're my wife, blah, 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 blah. But you're never going to really satisfy your wife if you don't know how to get into her heart. And let me tell you why. When God created a woman and in the womb, there is a direct nerve between her heart and her womb. It's the way she's made. As a matter of fact, if you look up the word heart and you look up the word womb and you look up the sacrum, which is the, la the next to last, well, third to last vertebrae in the back, it's hooked to the ilium. They all mean the same thing. They mean the holy place. The sacred place. The place through which all life comes. And so God connected those in a woman. That's why a woman needs the emotional affection that she does. And when my husband told me years ago, he said, baby, I'm just not emotional. I said, let me just tell you how ridiculous that is to a woman. I said, sit down. 1 
For you to tell me, a woman, that you're just not emotional is the same thing for a woman to tell her husband, Honey, I'm just not sexual. I'm just not into that stuff. That's, that's just, it's just icky. Like, that's just not how I'm made. That is ridiculous. I said, well, guess what? You better figure out a way to get emotional. Because really, you have a stone over your heart. It's called a tomb. And when you roll that stone away, the resurrected Christ will come out. Why? Because the kingdom of God's already in you. So we began working on this stone. But guess what? Guess how that stone got rolled away? No, God didn't work on my husband. And he wouldn't hire me as co-holy ghost. I tried. No, God began to show me that everything I complained about my husband, I was doing. And I was doing it to God. And I was so mad at God. I was like, God, why is it that I'm the good one in the bunch of the two of us? I'm the one who does all this. He's the one that cusses me. He's the one making me scared. He's the one doing all these bad things, but I'm the one in trouble. Like, I'm the one you're correcting. What, what's up, God? I thought you were no respecter of persons. Do you want me to be a doormat? Like, how many times is he going to wipe his feet on me? And the Lord said to me, Angela, God's not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. I'm like, I'm, I'm not sowing that. Like, me and you, we get along good, Jesus. And I began to talk about how, you know, all he wants is what he can get out of me. He doesn't want my heart. And God said, yeah, I know exactly how that feels. You want what you can get out of me. You don't really want to know my heart. You don't really want to suffer with me so you can reign with me. You just want to reign with me. I'm like, oh. 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 You mean I really don't want your heart, God? No, Angela, you really don't because that's where the pain is. To know me is to suffer with me. See, that is real intimacy. Now I'm going to get a little bit graphic. If you don't want to hear the graphic, you can leave. But the word hymen means to be broken. It means a blood covenant. It means to suffer. It's where we get the word hymnal. It's the same thing that was torn, the veil that was torn. It's the passageway to the Holy of Holies because everything below the belly button represents the, the earth. Everything above the belly button represents the heavens. So what do I mean by that? That which is seen and that which is unseen. So above the belly button is the, is the unseen. That's where my emotions are, my thought process is, my, my interpretation, my eyes. It's, you, it's not visible. You can, you can hear it, but you really can't see it coming out my mouth. It's the unseen. Below is the seen. So how does that work? My heart's a womb. It has to be torn. Circumcise, circumcise not your flesh, but rip open your heart. A true Jew is one who, has a, who comes up with a broken heart. And the word of God comes first to the Jew and then the Gentile. So when your heart is ripped open or torn open, that's when God plants the seed in you. So it's a tearing process. And when that tearing process is allowed and the Word of God goes in you, the Word of God manifests out of you just like a baby manifests out of the womb after a man goes past the hymen, deposits the seed, and then life comes forth out of there. It's the same thing. One is seen and one is unseen. Romans 1 and 20 declares this. Everything that is made reveals that which is unseen, including the eternal Godhead and power, and we are without excuse. That means you can literally see the Godhead, not in some things, 
all things. You can literally see the power of God, not in some things, all things. And God tells you, don't look at what you can see. Well, see, men, when, when Adam received Eve, he was looking at what he could see. And you understand that. God made you that way. You want to look. That's the way you are. But the reason that you're looking at it is you're looking at an outside source. The whole purpose of Eve coming out of Adam was to show him what he'd already looked like on the inside. He is a receiver. I can prove it to you in Scripture. The first Adam is a living soul. What does that mean? It means a consumer. It means a carnivore. It means one who eats. It means one who is void. And the God, the giver, the charitable one, charity, the giver, the gimel, deposits himself into the void. Just like darkness was upon the face of the deep and it was without form and void. And God said, let. And the light pierced the darkness. That's the very first consummation, if you will, where the two became one. And then God breathed the breath of life into Adam, and those two became one. What two? God and man. Now guess what? God and man, man is made in God's image. So let's talk about that a little bit. How is Adam made in God's image? How is that possible? Well, the word Adam is, is pronounced Adam, and it means mankind. There's a lot of different words for Adam, but one of the meanings is mankind. So inside Adam, in his total being, was male and female, and a neutral. What is the neutral? The potential seed that would come out of him that would produce either a male or a female. So he was a positive, a negative, and a neutral. A-D-A-M. Now look at A-T-O-M. A positive, a negative, and a neutral. You think that's accident? No, that's Romans 1 and 20. See, in Hebrew language, it's a lot of homonyms. The Hebrew language has depth. It has breadth. It has width. I didn't know this. I wasn't taught Hebrew. What little bit of Hebrew I know, I studied myself as the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit. But I found out that homonyms are really important in the, in the, in the, uh, the parable, in telling parables. That's what the parable was all about. It was an earthly story to reveal a heavenly language. And the Bible says that God, that Jesus himself did not speak except that he spoke in parables. And in John chapter 21, it says that if all the things he said and did was written, the earth couldn't hold it. So see, we only got just a little taste of what Jesus said and did. So back to Adam. God created him male and female created he them. So if God created Adam male and female, what must God be? Male and female. Now we don't talk about this often, but that's okay. That's why I'm here. There are people that God is revealing this to. It's like I'm not the only one hearing this. But why are we hearing it now? Because it's called the appointed time. The word appointed means female. It has the word point in it. The word point also means the word pierce or the pierced one. It's literally where it means the sword pierces the unseen veil. It's the S word, S-W-O-R-D. And so the word of God, all words, every word, every seed has a positive and a negative in it. In chemistry, it has it. In the male seed, when, 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 the, when the male deposits his seed into the female, the potential for male or female is in that seed. 
and whichever one survives and whichever the chromosomes are, it's already there at consummation, but it's not unveiled until much later in the pregnancy, which one it was. Until the genitals fully develop, they're actually neither male nor female until till one develops. And it's either going to develop on the inside or on the outside. If it develops on the inside, it's female, that means receiver or consumer or one that thirsts, one that, the one that's to be pierced, or it's the one that's going to be the piercer. The one that's going to be the giver. The one that's going to be the depositor. And every single thing in the earth, if you don't believe me, go study it. I've studied it for 30 years. Has a positive, a negative, and a neutral. Why a neutral? Because all things are possible to them that believe. That's what the neutral is. The neutral means the child. So the first Adam is a living soul. You could put in that place of living soul, receiver or bride. Now you start to understand why we can be the bride of Christ. Because we're the receiver of Christ. So the second Adam is a life-giving spirit. He is the positive. He's the giver. He's the second Adam. Now when God created Adam, Eve was already there. He put him in a trance. It didn't say he woke him up. He took Eve out and he said, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Go look up that word bone of my bone. It means to crush. You ever felt crushed in your marriage? Your wife's supposed to crush you. She's your helper. The word crush means to be made contrite. It means to be broken. What, it, what is being broken off of you? Your own way of thinking. The way that, um, I just found this out today. I'd never seen this before, so I, I may have to look at my notes, but I'm going to try to just repeat it as I heard it. I was looking up the scripture that, um, has God spoken it and shall it not be, Numbers 23? And has he, has he said it and, and shall it not come to pass? And if you look up those words, it actually means has he considered it or thought it. So if God just thought it, it already is. How powerful is that? God thinks something. So guess, who's, guess who was on his mind before the foundations were laid? You. And the thought of you takes God's breath away. How did it take his breath away? On the cross, I thirst. And he couldn't breathe. So the very thought of you before time began took God's breath away. Father, I will go and die for mankind that they could be reconciled unto you. So before, when you were, were a thought, in God's eyes you were just as much as you are today as you were when you were a thought. Why? Because God is past, present, and future. He is all time. God's not bound by time. He's not limited in what he sees by time. So when God took Eve out of Adam, why did he do that? So that Adam could see himself. What part of himself? The inside part of himself. Why? So he could see what he's really hungry for. Why? Because the kingdom of God is in you. And Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. And guess what all means? All. Wouldn't you love to live with no lack? Zero lack. Like as in there's no such thing as lack. You know how you do that? Count it all joy when you're in trials and tribulations because they're going to perfect you and bring patience. And then when you have that happen and you're perfected in that, the Bible says you will be lacking nothing. Well, guess what? I tried to do that. It didn't work. So I thought, okay, God, something's missing. He said, yeah, Angela, you can't do God. That's called idol. I D-O-L. Elohim El Shaddai. So if you break that up into three words, it's I do God. 
You can't do God. Adam and Eve couldn't do God when they ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, trying to discern right from wrong. And guess what? You still can't do it. You still can't discern right from wrong. If you don't believe me, keep trying it. Keep trying to do it right and see what you get. See if you have righteousness, peace, and joy. See if you have life more abundant. See if you have any lack. Because see, if, you, if that's happening, you have no lack and you cannot be afraid. Why? Because perfect love casts out all fear. The marriage is going to reveal this to you as you step into the fullness of marriage. So now that Adam knows what he really wants, the problem is when God said, Adam, here's your help meet. Adam spelled that wrong meat wrong. He thought he said, help yourself to the meat. Now that's kind of frank and crude in a church setting, but you know what? We watch all kinds of crud on TV. You hear Christian women talking about so many shades of gray. I had a Christian woman want to tell me. I said, let me tell you something. I do not need verbal pornography. Don't give it to me. Not interested. So don't say this. No, I'm going to say it. And here's the why I'm going to say it. Because it needs to be said. When a woman feels like that the only reason the husband wants her is because of her physical flesh, something inside of her begins to die. And right now, every week, I work with 10 people, most of them are women, and the husbands are coming to me begging, saying, my, I'll make my, my wife's skin crawl, and I don't know why. I'm doing everything right. I'm doing everything she said. Just tell me what to do, and I'll do it. Tell me what to say, and I'll say it. Well, you know what? The, the Israelites said that to God in the wilderness, and God said, don't come near the mountain. Don't touch it. At least you die. You ever said that to your wife? Just tell me what to do, and I'll do it. Tell me what to say, and I'll say it. And she said, don't touch me. You're going to die if you touch me. See, she got that from her father. The reason is because God wanted relationship. He said, just hear me intelligently. I delivered you before and I'll deliver you again. Christ thou unto me, Moses, speak. See, we keep trying to do something. Michael asked me that, baby, what you want me to do? I'm like, I want you to give me your heart, the drippy thing inside of you. Like, gut it out and let me have it. Baby, you can't have all of it. A man won't give you all of his heart. I said, you know why? Because you're scared. You're scared I'm going to hurt you. He said, you dang right I am. Everybody else hurts me. I said, so, you know, you can't get to this without this, and you want me to give you this, but you can't give me your heart? Something's wrong with that picture. So, let's back up and show you how I got all messed up in thinking that my husband was the one that was going to fulfill me. Same thing that happened to Eve. Eve saw that the fruit was good. Now, how could she see that? If it, was the knowledge of, if it was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, she couldn't have the knowledge of good and evil unless she had done what? Eaten from it. Because she hadn't tasted that yet. So she had to have eaten it and saw that it was good and then she did give it to her husband. So why did Eve see that it was good but not see she was naked? I got the answer because I asked God that. I said, God, how come, how come they didn't see they were naked till after? Because if you look up the word naked, it means lack or cunning or crafty. It doesn't just mean naked. It has a lot more meaning to it. And he said, Angel, the reason Eve saw that it was good is she's a negative. Negative can only receive a positive. Go look at a magnet. And, and Adam saw the negative because he's the positive. And when they both came together, and they, then they both could see both, both good and evil. But just like an atom, an A-T-O-M, that's how the A-D-A-M works. 
Does that make sense? She was a, she's a negative. She's a receiver. So when she ate the fruit, she saw the positive in it. When he ate the fruit, he saw they were naked. Naked means lack. That's a negative. That means he was the positive receiving the negative. And then they covered, they ran, they hid, and they blamed. Guess what we're still doing? Hiding, running, well, covering, uh, running, hiding, and blaming. Well, if you wouldn't have done that, then I wouldn't have felt this way. Well, it's your fault because you blah, blah, blah. Well, I told you, and how many times did I tell you this? Why do you keep beating this dead horse? Because it keeps kicking me. It ain't dead. How come we keep going around the same mountain? Have you ever thought that the Israelites were just kind of just a, just a tad slow? <laughs> did you ever think to yourself, I'll never be like them? Matthew 7's real. Guess what? The minute we judged them, we became them. Anybody in here going around a mountain, round, around, round, around, round, trying to find this place of bliss and we just can't seem to find it and last it, last there? Let me tell you something. The reason is because our hearts are dying. If they're not dead already, they, they wax cold. Because after, this, this is the story with me and my husband. Let me get to the, the point of how I discovered this. After the, the year number 12, and we had the four years of bliss, and then we go back to now I'm like finding myself listening to other people's um, compliments. Now, let me just put your mind at ease, man. When I listened to somebody else's compliment, I was not looking for an affair, nor did I have one. But when a woman starts getting compliments from an emotional setting or an emotional need from another man, that is adultery. Do with that what you want, but I'm telling you what the Lord showed me. Why? Because emotions are sex to a woman. 